Hey guys, Tim Dommer here. Welcome to the extension of Pop Sugar Australia's pilot season podcast, back by popular demand. You might remember in the first half of the season, we explored life after reality TV. And now I'll be interviewing the masterminds that work behind the scenes on some of your favourite reality TV shows. In this episode, we're talking to award-winning producer Marion Maz Farrelly, an expert in reality TV from Big Brother, Dancing with the Stars, The X Factor and Farmer Wants a Wife, Maz has lent her production wizardry to just about every genre of reality TV, so it's my pleasure to chat to her today and find out just what it's like working behind the scenes of reality TV. Welcome to the show, Maz. Thanks, darling. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you for saying mastermind. Mastermind. Is that what it's Very like? Do people that. call you the puppet master? I insist. Um, no, <laughs> I think... Look, you're only as good, I always say this, you're only as good as the people around you. So I surround myself with very, very clever people. I think reality sometimes sounds like a bit of a dirty word. For me, it's storytelling. And my business partner, I have a company called Black and Farrelly. She's Alison Black. I'm Marion Farrelly. She does high-end blue chip documentaries that change government policy and start national conversations. Yes. Like, and I do... As I say to people, you know when you're watching TV and you go, my God, is there nothing but that reality rubbish on TV? <laughs> I always say to them, I make that. But I also write Q&A for the ABC, so I can do smart stuff. She reckons that reality TV is much harder than a documentary because we have to tell stories in 90 seconds. Yes. I have to get someone on the first night of Big Brother to love you yep. in a minute or 90 seconds. That's really hard. To tell a story in an hour is quite, it's not easy but it's easier. So what we do is we are headline people. It's a fast food television. It is. But it's, is it nutritious? Um, I think it is. You know, I think that we are interested in each other. And I think that's where reality TV is. Mm. I think you're either the person that sits in a cafe on their phone staring at it or you look around you. We are interested in each other. And it is just storytelling. No one really wants to watch the shows that we make. They could be reading a book or decorating or sitting with their kids or there's always something else you can be doing. It could be on YouTube. We make you want to do what we want you to do. We make it interesting. We have cliffhangers. I say to my teams, there are seven things we need to do in every reality TV show. These are my rules and no one else's, but anyone who's worked for me will know this. Uh, the four C's, don't panic, comedy, it's got to be funny because if it's not funny we don't want to watch it even yep. when it's dark you need some comedy mm. black mm. comedy you know we like it characters like you I mean you're a gift ah. you come through the door and you go yeah we're alright we're fine if you cast really interesting people Ryan Fitzgerald you know when I did that Fitzy, big brother yep, yep. Fitzy He's the glue. You're the glue. Mm. And you build a cast. You choose one person. You go, you're going to be funny. You're going to be interesting. You're going to give me content. You're going to be a narrator. Yes. You're the glue. Yeah. Everyone else, we stick onto you. We stick around you. Yeah, right. So you choose one person. On Celebrity Apprentice, the first one they did, it was Julia Morris. Yes. Julia Morris. Wonderful. You love her. She doesn't mm -hmm. polarise, you know. And she was the glue. So you mm -hmm. need big characters. So comedy, char characters. You need some conflict. And that can be people arguing with each other, or it can be someone arguing with themselves. Mm. You know, God, I read, I don't want that I do that. I should have done yep. Oh, my God. Or, um, and you need consequence. So on things like The X Factor, people would come in and they would say, I've been trying to make this work. I'm trying to sing for the last 10 years. And you know what? If I don't sing well today, I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to stand up and I'm never going to sing. 
And what you do, you're on the edge of your seat. Mm. You're going to go, God, there's some consequence. So you've got comedy, characters, conflict, consequence. My other three rules, and I write these down in the edit suites, and I'm very clear with everyone. Make me laugh. Make me cry. And when I say cry, make me care and surprise me. And when you watch really good content on TV, because it's very complicated to make. People go, oh, you just, you know, put people in the house and you, you know, you go, no. It's like, it's like producing a wedding every day. Every (laughs) detail of it and in the big brother house and you'll know this because you've been in there uh we design the house around what we want to happen so we will if we want a year where we want lots of kind of arguey conflicty kind of content we will bring the ceilings down we'll turn the lights up wow we will design the room a bit like the room that we're in now which has lots of square edges if you look in here yeah you can't see it everyone at home, but, <laughs> uh, we have lots of square edges when we want it to be a happy house we have lots of uh soft corners wow. soft furnishings we does we get furniture in one in the uk that i did because i've done i think three here two in the uk and it's it's really hardcore in the uk uh one year we had cushions that had prickles on them and they mm-hmm. were rubber and the sofa was plastic and we had rich house poor house and what we mm-hmm. did because uh we are evil geniuses uh we got the um guy who was designing the house to nail down the furniture in the poor house so at any point when you were sitting there you had to look into the rich house there was no option but you had to we uh gave the rich house uh, things like donuts and curries and food that smells really nice Mm. that makes your mouth water and we said uh what we can do with the poor house and don't judge me because i'm actually extraordinarily lovely (laughs) we got someone in from uh, i think it was from the army and we said can you design uh, a food plan that has no taste yeah that is really miserable makes you unhappy makes you windy yeah so don't give us onions and herbs and spices give us chickpeas and potatoes so all you want to do is you just feel like pooing or farting all the time which makes you uncomfortable and then you're sitting on an upright chair and you're looking into the rich part of the house and they're eating donuts and you think i want to be in there and when you do something like that you create content so we create situations and then you don't need to pull the strings you you've already done it well you cast really interesting people and people say to me you know i've interviewed i think it's something in the region of twelve thousand people because i've done so many reality yeah. shows and when people walk in before they've spoken you know what they're like mm. you know you walked out the lift this morning this huge smile <laughs> and then you put your arms out like you know the pope <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I came over and I wanted to cuddle you. And you're going to go, yes. You know, you're warm. And, you know, that emanates from you. And yeah, so you kind of, you pick up on people very clearly, I think, very quickly. And if you choose really good characters and you give them situations that are funny, uh, provide consequence, maybe provide a bit of conflict, mm. you don't really need to do much. And I say to people, when I've done my job in pre-production really well, I don't actually really ever need to do anything after that, hopefully. Wow. You're blowing my mind because these are all the things that I've, I've thought. I've, I've been a, a part of that process, Rich yes. House, Poor House. I've, I've had that diet where I've thought, someone has constructed this to make me feel in a certain way and, yes. and I feel manipulated by that. But I've signed up for it. I signed the contract <laughs> where I said they could do that but to But, you me. know, it's... 
I mean, the best advice I was ever given in reality TV that I've passed on to everyone that's ever worked for me it was from a guy called Phil Edgar Jones in the UK. And he's not famous. He is in our little world of reality. Yeah. And the first Big Brother I did, he gathered everyone together and he said, uh, I want to talk to you all. And the most important thing, what do you think it is? these people what do you think is the most important thing and people are thinking always go close up on tears uh, get them really tired so they you know whatever and he said the most important thing is they feel cared for Mm. that's the most important thing absolutely look after these people and they feel cared for yeah and the balance to go with that is you have responsibility to them the people in the house or Mm -hmm. on your show that they feel safe and loved and you have a responsibility to the people who are watching who are choosing your show above all the other stuff they could be doing and you have a responsibility to deliver really interesting content so you produce it and you can change we call it changing the temperature of a show changing Mm -hmm. the temperature of the house you can do it very quickly so if we want a happy house you know I like my personal love of Big Brother is when it's just on the verge of revolution or it's just about to be out of control I yes. love it when it's like, I love that it chaos that's yeah. electric when contestants fight back you know, yes. they go, we're not going to do that great yeah. wonderful oh. this is fantastic uh, and when everyone is sitting around and giving you no content you're not cross with them but you think I have a duty to mm-hmm. deliver interesting content to people who have invested in this show so what we used to do on Big Brother sometimes don't judge me is um, people used to say you're getting drunk actually no Mm -hmm. because drunk content you don't really want to watch it Uh, but we would give people sugar so we would take sugar away and then you give (laughs) people sugar so anyone who has children don't do don't give your children (laughs) really bad promise you it is that makes you insane And you know the team. And when say, you take it away, when you, you take give it away, someone a lot, makes you sad. Take it away. You give it back. It's yeah. like giving kiddies crack. Yeah. It's just you know it's too much for anyone to deal with. So it's they're the kind of things that you know. If it was very very quiet, uh, you'd give people a party. <laughs> you go, should we give them a party? So you'd have a challenge. Yeah. It was almost impossible not to win. Yes. But then if you want people to be. If you want some kind of bitey, conf- you know, uh, content, you would say, uh, just get to do something very simple for a hot meal tonight. And everyone who gets a hoop in the, you know, basket gets a hot meal tonight. Yeah. And you know that if there are 10 people in the house, it'll take 60 seconds to get through all 10. So you get them 50. And you go, place yourselves in order. Can't be alphabetical. You choose the order you go in. And suddenly, everyone's looking at each other and thinking... You had a hot meal last time, mm. so you should go at the back. And you're going to go, well, why? Because I tell you what, I won the hot meal, so I deserve a second one. Why can't I? You know, do you put all the chicks at the front? Do you put all the guys at the front? Who goes at the front? Who nominates themselves mm-hmm. to go at the front? And as you're watching that, it's a tiny thing that you're doing, but you are creating a hierarchy in the house. And you know, we did it on Celebrity Apprentice. We said one year... Uh, you know, welcome all you lovely famous people. Put yourselves in a lineup of fame. Yeah. I mean, it's literally it's a like recipe saying, for disaster. I mean, it's just a horrible thing to do, but it's very interesting. <laughs> so, did you is. learn that skill? Is, it, is this a course that you went through, or is it experience? Or, or, or you work with experts? I must. There must be a lot of psychologists that that not only help you do a screening on the contestants, but are also working during the show, telling you, "Hey, if we want to yeah. get this, I know what this person's button is. Do you want to push it?" 
Where's the line? You've just pulled back the curtain of the wizard and, and showed us that you how much control you have over what we see. I mean, these days nobody no, not watches. what we see because whatever headline is happening, we show it. Mm-hmm. We absolutely, 100% will show it. And I but give people... But you almost wrote it. It's just somebody no. else delivered the line. No. Like it's, no, it's... you absolutely don't do that. If you do that, your show's doomed because... Well, okay, well, when does it not work? You, you've set up all these these things that you think you will things will happen this way and, and someone will react this way. When does it not go that way and, and you're surprised? When you're not very... When are you not in control? Good at casting... You know, if you have a dinner party, you will invite people that you think are interesting. Mm. Of course you will, because when you have an interesting group of people, you have an interesting dinner party. Mm. It is that simple. So that's why I was saying... But it's not just interesting. You, you've picked people based on each other, like the dynamic between them. You know that some are going to clash. You think they will, but I'll ask you this question. Have you ever set up two friends of yours to go on a date. Yes, yeah. Have they ever come back and gone, are you out of your mind? Yes, yes. What an idiot. Yeah, you're now, right. Now, these are two yep. people you know really well. Yep. How how much time did you spend with the producers before you were chosen for oh, Big Brother? Oh, quite a lot. Yeah, it's extensive with Big Brother. Like oh, right. Days on end in Oh, did you? Oh, we didn't. Uh, when I Back when I was doing it, we would meet someone for... The first time around, it would be a day of casting. I would meet them for a minute, mm. like genuinely, 90 mm-hmm. seconds. You have a minute to tell me why you should be in the house, not the other people out there. Why are you yeah. uh, more interesting than them? Don't tell me you're the life and soul of the party. You're a real people person. You know, yeah. you go through all of that. <laughs> really fun. Because <laughs> people will come in, they go, I'm a real people person. You yeah. go, yeah. Did you sit outside for four hours reading that thing that said, don't tell me you're a real people person? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I had really, uh, a few people I really, 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 really loved. One was a girl called Constance, and uh, she came in, and we said, don't tell us, you know, you're alive inside of the party, you're a real people person, you want to travel, you really want to meet people. And she went, I'm not a people person. I don't really actually like people. I found them very disappointing. And they say they're going to do one thing. I really like negative people. You know, negative people I find really wow. interesting. And you go, man, yeah, wow. She's telling the truth. We psych test people, uh, but we don't psych test them. I don't psych test them. Uh, to know whether they're going to be angry or sad or whatever. I psych test them to make sure they're emotionally robust, uh, that they understand what they're getting into. Because I do this thing uh, that I learned from Philoka Jones, which is the talk of doom. So I'm very upfront on every show, including The Celebrity Apprentice. I would say to people, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, You will be too famous. Well, not Celebrity Apprentice because they're famous already. Uh, You'll be too famous to go back to your job but you won't be famous enough to be famous. So you're probably not going to work for two years. If you have a relationship in the house and you're a girl, your mother will probably get a brick through the window saying your daughter's... Mm -hmm. You'll be in the papers. Anyone you've ever slept with will come and sell their story. Girls, no one will date you for two years. Guys, everyone will punch you for the next two years. Everyone will think, you know, and say, oh, there's the idiot off the telly. And you don't think it will be you. You think that you'll be the one everyone loves. It happens very, very rarely. It happens, mm-hmm. but it's very unusual. It's I'm fine. surprised that you, you do give people that chat because it is a part of the duty of care, I think, that I wasn't given. And there was a naivety that I, I, I remember walking around the food court at my local shopping centre the week before I went in and I said, goodbye anonymity, when I come back, you'll all know my name. And in a way, that that is exactly what happened, but it yes. was the 
the deal with the devil that I wish I never made. You can't take back that level of fame that you're right. It's not enough to to live I off. I wouldn't it doesn't wish buy you the fame cost. on anyone. Like, literally, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And so you I say never to people, do reality TV yourself. You never let a, a, a child sign up for it. If I like people who know why they're doing it, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing it because you want to be loved, I'm really clear with people and I say the chances of you being loved from doing this are extraordinarily slim. Mm. Now, if you're doing it because you want a job as a DJ when you leave or you want to sell a range of T-shirts or you want to get a job in the media or you dot, 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 want the money, absolutely on board. But, and and we're really careful. We do this thing with uh, the psychs that we send people off to be psych tested and there's green, amber and there's red. And red, you don't, you just don't follow those people up. Right. We kind of go, go, you know, sort yourself out, come back in a year. And we're very responsible. We say to people as well, uh, you know, people will say, well, I'm gay, my parents don't know. I was thinking I'd come out in the house. Don't. Mm -hmm. Do it beforehand. Do it face to face with your parents. This is not a responsible way to come out because you're in the house. They can't talk to you. You're fine. They're not. Yep. I made that decision myself. I was over in Canada in Big Brother House and I worked out that moment. I need to tell the world that I'm in love with another man. Yeah. And I thought, do I do it on this show? And I thought, no, my family. I owe it to them to go home and tell them first. We test people very vigorously. I'll tell you uh, my favourite psych testing story because I love this story. It's one of my favourites. In the UK, Big Brother, uh, it was Huge! It was massive. And this would be maybe 2001, two, three, something like that. And 110,000 people applied. 110,000 wow. people. And we were a skeleton crew because right at the very, very beginning. And we said, okay, well, we'll get people to send in videos. Mm-hmm. And 30,000 people sent in videos. Wow. I know. We thought that we'd get about six. Yeah. <laughs> we can, so we had to employ lots more people than we really wanted to because you know, we had to, we were legally obliged to watch them all. So we had a million producers and they would watch the first minute of every video. So this is my advice to everyone. Be interesting in the first mm. minute in your life in general. So we would watch the first minute and there was this one guy and a, a guy called David uh, was the producer and he said, I like this guy. I went, okay. So we started watching and he wasn't most interesting, clever, funny or attractive person I've ever met but there was something that was just magnetic about this guy Mm -hmm. sitting in his kitchen he had a hat on halfway through took the hat off uh, had a shaved head uh, and he wasn't what he said wasn't that interesting I couldn't stop thinking about him I thought he was so charismatic and out of 110,000 people he was in, you know, everyone agreed. He was in the final 25, mm-hmm. you know, really. And the final 60, you send off to be psych tested because, mm. you know, you need to make sure they're all fine. And the psych called, and the psych never called. You just get an email. You know, tell me about Fred. Wow. And what do you mean? He said, tell me about Fred. Now, okay, I really, really, really like him. He's a cert for me. You know, if you're giving him the tick, he's in. He said, what do you think he'd do in the house? And I said, well, I've thought about this. I think actually he makes you feel edgy. He doesn't, he's not argumentative, but his very nature makes you uncomfortable. And I think that you would find his presence very big in that small space. And I like that because that big energy, you know, it's bouncing around. It's got to hit the mm. other people. You know, you, you'd want to get away from him. And he said, do you like him? Do you want to meet him? And actually, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think I really like him, but I kind of love him. Like I love him in a TV way, but not yep. in a life way. Yeah. And he said, that's good because your instinct's really working because never in my career 
Have I met someone more likely to be a serial killer? Ah! Oh, oh. I know. Yeah, wow. And he said he has no empathy. You're absolutely right. Yes. If you put him in the house, <laughs> that's exactly what he would do. He would cause conflict. Yeah. But then you meet people and they are fascinating. There's a guy in the UK... And what I like is I like to know about people when they don't think I'm watching. Mm -hmm. Not in my life. I'm not peeping through people's windows. I've given that up. (laughs) Uh, But I really like it in television. So in uh, on the shows that I produce, I ask the producers to wait in the queue with the contestants. And I say, come back and tell me what they're like. But I really like to know about people when they're not... When they're not aware. Um, when yeah. Yeah, because I think you learn an awful lot about people in those moments. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I guess, that's kind of, you know, how we cast people. The winners of reality shows are the people who are honest and sincere. Yeah. And you're very honest. Yes. You know, you have a very honest, open nature. People like that. Mm. And when you're pretending to be someone else... You'll recognise it because you've yes. been through it, so oh, you yes. get it. Yeah, and viewers it's uncomfortable. Viewers watch. understand it. Yeah, no, they they get it. They see that it's happening, but they don't actually know what they're seeing. Mm. We're very clear about it. We kind of go, so and so is pretending yes. that they like yep. Tim, but they don't like Tim. Yep. And they're talking about it behind the man, and then they're sitting with him, and they're pretending that they're, you know, this and they're not. And if people are really honest about it and they go, I'm going to go in and I'm going to play everyone and I'm going to win, which mm. I think you did Yes, that. I did, yes. Yeah, and I really like that about you because you know, if you win it, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're in there for 100 days. You yep. want to win it, don't you? Going in as a pedestrian. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you you're produce play yourself. You're a game of Monopoly. You want to win. You, you want to win. have the board. It's a game of chess. That's why I'm mildly obsessed. When I say mildly, deeply obsessed with Survivor. I yes. like that it's a really honest, straightforward not straightforward show yeah you go in and you say my job here is to win Mm -hmm. and if I went into the Big Brother house I would turn everyone against each other I would be like the dream contestant (laughs) of the world Uh, and I would lie to people I would tell them it's a bit sad today it's the anniversary of you know my husband dying and uh, that's obviously very difficult it's a difficult time for me and the viewers would be going you don't have a husband Uh, and the people in the house go poor mess Mm -hmm. poor love so um, yeah I would be uh, just quietly the best contestant ever in the history of the world I mean are you revealing secrets I don't think anyone these days watches reality TV and doesn't think that there's more going on behind the scenes but what about the contestants doesn't that affect how you then make a show we're not naive anymore we we kind of have heard yeah. about what happens we know but the aftermath you know your job is to go on there it's a game and win we, yeah it is know yeah and you're allowed to want to win that game yeah and you're allowed to show your intelligence and being everyone produces themselves all the time it's just people pretend they don't My life since Big Brother has been this battle in my own head. Am, was I good at that producing myself yes. or was I manipulative? Was I evil? Is it is it a no. bad skill? And I've beat myself up about that. In the audience, there was two opinions, whether I was. Which is great. I, yeah, I knew it was because great. Because do you That's know what, what you, you need. are? Yeah. You're interesting. Yeah. You're interesting. Now, if I say, you know, I, and I said to some friends, I'm doing a podcast uh, with Tim from Big Brother. Now, there were a lot of Tims on Big Brother. I had a Tim on Big Brother. Mm-hmm. But they knew it was you. Now, that's great. 
But you would say stuff that's really memorable. Yeah, right. You would do stuff that's really memorable. You, I think, would be in my top five contestants. And I'm not saying because you're here, but you actually went in and you played a very intelligent game. And it is a game. There's a winner. Oh, yeah. There's a winner, everyone. I remember night one. I, I was going to tell you... That- ask you this what is it cast around a select bunch of characters I'd heard the rumour that that the cast they pick about three or four to six and then the rest are just pretty extras that that are going to be the girlfriends or whatever no it isn't but it is you know I'll say this to you again it's a dinner party and you're going to go there are two people you really want to be there and mm-hmm. you'll text them first and you go you're free for dinner on Friday or Saturday night and if they both come back and say Friday it's Friday because mm-hmm. you've got your key star players right. and then you're kind of go do you know who get on really well with Tim we should get so and so and it's the mix but you know yeah, it's the mix I didn't think I was in that mix because it, I'll tell you why because the year before I was cast as an intruder and they said we're just going to throw you in there and, and stir the pot we know you're great at this and and I yes it didn't it didn't work out that way I didn't get that season and they said oh look we'll we'll have you back next year to audition and I thought gosh I've got to really prove to these people that that I'm the main that I, I'm not just a, a stunt your shows are only as interesting as the people you put in my favourite intruder was a guy who he came into the original auditions and we were thinking we suddenly said you know we should cast some intruders we sh- should have some people in the back of our minds and we'll call him Mick for the purposes of this he was living in his car mm-hmm. see I, I live in my car beautifully dressed yeah wow really nicely turned out good looking guy looked like he owned a penthouse yeah beautifully spoken and he said yeah I'm homeless I live in my car and I said yeah how do you get any action he <laughs> said well this is what I do I say to chicks he said my car's in the car park of uh, a club that's where I live yeah. right. and he said you know tell me that, about this and he said well I go into the club and I say to, to chicks, you know, a tiny bit drunk, and uh, I've got my butler's car this evening, but I live in, you know, a penthouse down, uh, you know, the front of Bondi. You yeah. Know, you know, yeah, I live in that one. Um, and the butler's got, no, I've got his car, and I lend him, you know, my car uh, just one night a week, and it's tonight because I'm a good guy. And, uh, you know, I'd love you. I'm taking my boat out tomorrow. I'd love you. <laughs> boat. Just, you know, absolute spiel. Yeah. And he said, yeah, and it works 100%. 100% of the time because he said I look like this yeah, he, he's yeah, right he yeah. did and I was borderline and I said to him you know, I feel like you're playing me which I really like yes. I like people who play me because if you're playing me you'll play when you go in yes. you're smart you get yeah. it you're producing yourself mm-hmm. and you're telling me what you think I want to hear which I find really interesting and I said look, what we do sometimes when we're borderline with people is we say ask us a question mm-hmm. anything you want but get to the core of me and a few people said do you like your job and I kind of go Toodle pip, goodbye, boring. Mm-hmm. He said this to me. He paused about this long. If someone hurts someone in your family and you could kill them and get away with it, would you do it? Wow. That's what we call a killer question. Yes. A killer question. And myself and the guys with Tim Taney, we looked at each other and went, man. So we put him in as an intruder. He was out about four seconds later because he <laughs> did exactly what we wanted yes, him to do. Yeah. The house was very comfortable. Everyone was getting on very well. And that's not a bad thing because if people are giving you comedy and love mm. and happiness, that's great. But when it's all at that level, it's like eating cordon bleu every day. Yeah. Every now and then you want cheese on toast and the yeah. cheese on toast tastes great. So you need some light and some shade. Mm-hmm. And he was our shade and he went in and he ruffled feathers like you. You know, Mel B on The X Factor, there were four judges if she thought that the other two 
or the other three you know you've got a yes and a yes mm-hmm. and maybe Nat was going to be the next yeah. one Mel B would come in and she'd go I'm not sure yeah wow do you know what I'm going to know and then suddenly there's some drama you know Mel there's a reason Mel B is on TV still yep. because she's extraordinarily clever yeah. she understands her brand and everything's on brand and it is her brand you know she's just very honest and I said mm-hmm. to her one day how can you sit in your chair when there are 2,000 people behind you <laughs> booing you she goes, yeah, it's just my opinion. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just yeah. my opinion. But she would produce herself up and she'd turn around and she'd say to the audience, yeah, when you've sold 70 million albums, come back and have an opinion, mm-hmm. would you? And I go, you know what? We're all producers. Some people are better at it. You're a really good producer. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Oh, thanks, Maz. It's, it's just fascinating to hear you say that because I actually thought that reality TV producers wanted people that were mouldable and, and that they could produce, no, like naive, pretty idiots, and that I didn't no. fit that mould. But I tell you what, you know, I say to my producers all the time, don't have the heavy hand of production because you can hear it mm. on... There are certain TV shows that yes. you think, you sound like you're reading mm-hmm. a script that a producer has written. I don't want that. Yep. I've booked you because I find you interesting and you are going to be far more interesting than my producer who's just come off eight other reality shows. Don't do it. Don't produce. What's the point in casting interesting people? And, you know, when you have that brilliant dinner party, you don't have a list of cards and you're going to go, okay, first question, everyone. (laughs) How was your day? (laughs) We'll start with you. I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. And if you did that on a show, it's... No one will ever produce you to be as interesting as you are. Your capacity, yeah. It's never going to happen. So you put interesting people in a situation, you give them events that will cause interest to happen, and you leave them to it. Big Brother and reality shows are at their very best when you don't fiddle with it. You just cast really good people. I love people. I sound like a very old Miss World. But I am genuinely the perfect person for the job because I love I love looking at people and watching them and watching what they do and why they do it. And I think that when you reach a certain level of making those shows, you understand people extraordinarily well. We're like psychs or cops. Wow. Yeah. We're geniuses, obviously. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, the evolution of reality TV and different genres. I mean, there's always be a flavour of the month where that was, yes. it sort of was all about um, talent shows and singing 10 yes. years ago. And then it went into renovation shows and cooking shows. And, and now it's all about love and dating. relationships, dating. And two years ago, we uh, had, I think, two dating shows that were in the UK that were brilliant that yes. we went to see the networks. We said we were dating. No one's interested in dating. Wow. And then everyone's interested in dating. Mm-hmm. And we think the next thing that's going to be the big genre is soft science. And What's that? Science that's really accessible for everyone. So, so uh, and psychology that's really style. Or what, what do you no, mean? More a kind of more psych version of Married at First Sight. Oh, so okay, yeah, on yeah. On Big Brother in the UK, we used to have the psych shows uh, yep. on Saturday nights. I yes. think they were. But I would watch them, and they would say, you know, so so when someone hugs you, you know, you come over and I hug. Uh, so a sincere hug is a hug where you just hug someone and mm-hmm. you hold them. And when you want to let go, you pat people. Oh, yeah, right. And when you get the pat, that's your way of saying, okay, you can let go now. Yeah. Uh, when people put their arms around you and pat you straight away, they don't really want to be there. And tiny things like that I find so interesting. Oh. Why do we do what we do? Yes. What's, you know, what's the science behind it? So I think 
uh, I would, if I was making Married at First Sight, I'd really ramp up. Turn that up a that bit. That part yeah. of it. Yeah. I think that's really, really, really interesting. You know, it's a sort of soft science. I think in business, soft science is going to become, or soft skills uh, are going to be the most important skills that we all have in five years' time. Because mm-hmm. machines can do everything. You know, computers can do pretty much everything. But they can't make you feel a certain way. Only we can do that with each other. And only we can tell stories. But it's kind of knowing the science behind what's happening, I think, is going to be really interesting. I think we're going to make reality shows that have less of the heavy hand of production. Mm -hmm. I think when people make shows really well, they're fascinating. When people are lazy, like The Bad Mechanic, they will ask you these questions. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And people will say the same four or five words I'm nervous but excited yeah and everybody says that if you ever see it on a show take a drink nah <laughs> genuinely yeah you know, it's not my time to go I'm going to give this 110% this is the most important day of my life I've heard people on X Factor saying it yeah. they're 14 and you yeah. go you've only had six days in your yeah. life how can this be the best <laughs> but when you you're know? 80 that's a big call but people say the same stuff we call it white noise it's absolute white noise it just means nothing don't put it on your shows it starts. I'm nervous but excited. It's not my time to go. I really want to win this. I'm going to give it 110%. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, you know. And we say, ask why five times. Why are you nervous? Mm-hmm. Never sung in public before. Why? My parents don't want me to. Okay, why? They want me to be a lawyer. Why? You know, my twin died. My twin wanted to be a lawyer. And you know, go, man, this is... All of a sudden, you've got something interesting. You've got a story. Yeah. So, okay, we all love watching interesting stories played out, but it seems our culture's shifted where now we're fighting to be the one that's telling that interesting story. Is it the Kardashian effect that we all want to be heard? Is that new or has the technology made that now available to everyone? I mean, everyone's got their Instagram account that they can sort of put out their own content that is their daily life. You can tell your own story. I really like that. I did... um a uh, kind of a show I did I worked with Usher it's a talent show on an app wow yeah and it was called Megastar yep and you record your own video yeah and you choose your track and you choose how you look so it absolutely negates the need for people like me which is why I wanted to do it which Hmm. is counterintuitive of course but I find that really interesting you choose the story you tell well how did that show go how did Megastar go did it It went really well. The girl who won had slept in her car. She'd driven... I can't remember where she came from. She came from the other side of the States. She'd driven to LA. She was living in a car park. She joined a gym so she could wash. She uh, wrote her own material. She filmed herself, put the camera on the dashboard, played the guitar. Wow. Yeah. And she won a million bucks. Wow. We gave her a million bucks. And a record deal and, you know, when you do stuff like that, it feels really good. You meet people who have extraordinary talent. You know, people walk into auditions. You go, man, literally people have made me cry in auditions. Mm. You go, what what a voice. You know, what a dancer. Or You know, I love that we can put a little spotlight on those people. I really like shows where people earn their yeah. success you know right. if you're a really good singer and you work harder than everyone yeah. else there was a guy called Johnny Ruffo who yeah. did The X Factor and I remember Mel B saying you can't sing you can't dance but there's something about you I love and I'm going to put you through and I think you just got it and he was in the top three yeah 
and he had Did the hard work the old you know cliche he had the X Factor he still yep. does he was on yes. Home and Away yep. and he's you know he's lovely John he's a really really mm. really nice guy you know yeah I've met him yeah. yeah and I think you know I'm constantly interested in people that stand out you know why you're looking for the beautiful and, and the positive and, and I like that about you because there, there are some cases where something monstrous is given a platform or, or something comes out the other end of the reality TV machine that is put out in the real world that's yeah uh, did you know what on Celebrity Apprentice uh, the celebrity I would say to the celebrities yeah I'm going to sound like I'm starting a, a charity for celebrities and of course I'm not uh, <laughs> it's very hard for celebrities to be in a room with other celebrities because when famous people are in a room on a show they're normally the only famous person there in the pecking order yes. they're at the top they're at the absolute top of the food chain and we're all below them, you yeah. know, because they're famous and we're behind the scenes and we can all be fired, but it's harder to get rid of them. So they are in a very superior position unless they're on The Celebrity Apprentice and they're in a room with 11 other people who are as famous. It made me feel sick. I did Celebrity oh, yeah. Apprentice and I just, it was the it's hardest hard. experience of my life because I didn't, I'd been off a reality show for about a year and I didn't feel like I was a celebrity or that I'd earned it and I Who could does? just feel the pecking order and I was happy to be the one to go, I'm down the end, knowing full well that I was a lot smarter than a lot of the people. <laughs> yes, but that's because you're a very good producer. So you'd kind of go, do you know what? I want you all to like me. I want yes. the audience to like me. Yep. I want to be self-deprecating. Yep. I want to be the guy who says, oh, you know, I'm not famous, yes. knowing. You know, the first one I did, uh, Denny Hines was on it. I have a lot of time oh, yeah. for Denny. I really yep. like Denny. And so was Polly from The Block. Yep. And Denny and Polly were in a car with a GoPro and the visuals were terrible. The sound was great. Yeah. And they had a conversation that essentially went a bit like this. Denny going, I didn't even know why you're here. You're not a celebrity. You're not famous. And Polly going, yeah. What have you done recently? So how many followers do you have on uh, Instagram at the moment? That's the thing. I had the most amount of people in the room. So what's fame? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, so it's really, for for me, that's very interesting. So I would say to them at the beginning, I know I'm going to sound like a really weird mama here, but it's going to be difficult for you because you're used to being the special mummy's favourite, but you're mm. not going to be on this one. And by the way, we have to fire 11 of you. There's only going to be one winner and we'll fire you for really crazy reasons yeah. because we have to. Yeah. Because every week part of the format is. Uh, and... I'm not going to name that. We had one celebrity who went so insane that we'd fired them. I mean, literally wanted to kill us. And I think may have tweeted something saying they were going to actually kill me. Um, <laughs> and I spoke to the agents and said, yeah, let's think about that one. Um, you know, and very famous people who said, yeah, I want to leave around week three, but I don't want to be fired. Yeah. And they go, right. And that's quite tricky because you see... And if you've watched the show, we fire people. That's yeah. what happens. You don't just walk out and kind of go, listen, I'm going for a sandwich and never come back. <laughs> so I think it, you know, I, I think remember that. It's episode. a very hard one. It? Yeah, it's very hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you worked on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, I did the oh, first. I loved that show until I was on three? it. Yeah, I think I did the first three. Yeah. yeah. But you choose people you really, really like. Yeah. And we met lots of celebrities. And, you know, I tell you, yeah. You know, one of my favourite people on it was Roxy Jasenko yeah. and I really like Roxy yep. and she wasn't very famous at the time no, no she won't mind me saying that because she wasn't as famous as she is now and oh, now no. she's a rock star yes. she should be because she's fantastically interesting um, and she came to see us and the casting people had said meet her okay she does PR so she's a thinker she's bright mm. she's got that company mm. she's clever 
she's really smart Roxy she understands people and she understands if she knocks down that domino the effect of dot 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 and she came in and again like the guy the intruder on Big Brother I thought she was telling us what she thought I wanted to hear which I like and she arrived with her book signed for myself and the other producer she had a leather bound uh book of press cuttings you know this is all the stuff I've done and I kind of you know and we went out and we were standing on the balcony and it was at Channel 7 in uh, Evely and we were looking over and I said I don't know I'm not sure I'm not sure about her you know I just I felt like she was telling us what she wanted us to hear and I looked down and there was like a yellow Maserati or something parked in it was either the disabled space or the space that's for uh, fire engines Mm -hmm. and she was parked there yeah she, she couldn't care less <laughs> and she got this big yellow car on the roof stand she got in and she drove off and I went booker absolutely booker because at weekends when yeah. I come in here on Sunday afternoon and I need somewhere to park I don't park here yeah. and I'm the blooming boss of this the balls of it and yeah. she's come in yeah. and she doesn't care she just doesn't care mm-hmm. she parked in that spot and I went brilliant booker and she was one of my favorite people i've ever had on the show she was wonderful she you know she was just great she delivered amazing Mm. content and you know like you i wanted her to win yeah Mm. i think but you know sometimes people win and they don't win fitzy didn't win but he won you're right yeah that's a good point name the person who won that year i wonder what i would have done had i not won i i only had one option in my mind no i don't i think i would have handled it because in my head that was my show to win the guy who won uh fitzy's year the guy called trevor yeah, and no one remembers Trevor, but they remember Bree because we threw Bree out by yeah. mistake. Yeah, uh, and they remember Fitzy. Yeah, and you know, I I honestly couldn't remember whether you won or not, but I remember mm. you. Do you know what? So many people on the street say, "Oh, you should have won," and I say, "Oh, I did." Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That's the thing. They remember yeah. me and the trouble I caused, but yeah. no, they remember you and they like you. Yeah. They don't yeah. say, oh, I remember you. They say, you should have won. Yeah. Because they thought you earned it. And you did. Yeah. You did earn it. Oh, thanks, Matt. I mean, this wasn't a podcast. It's like therapy, it isn't it? Up, but, <laughs> yeah, that's what reality TV is, I guess. It's our human species kind of watching ourselves, getting to know ourselves better. And- it's so hard. And I would say this to anyone who's listening. You know, anyone who puts themselves forward, it's much easier to sit and criticise people on TV than mm. it is to be on TV. And when you do it, it's very brave and... I say this to people as well. What will happen to you is you will hold a very big magnifying mirror right next to your face. And when you watch yourself back, you'll see all the traits that you don't really see in life. Mm. And everyone will, because nobody sees you 24 hours a day. No one. Your partner, your business partner, no one does. Your kids don't. Mm. No one does. But the public do. And they see you good, bad, indifferent. And you see yourself. When you watch it back, you kind of go, my God, there's a girl in... uh, Danny Hines on Celebrity Apprentice uh, when it went to air and she's the only person I think that I've ever sat with you know, I'm a bit of a wildlife documentary reality producer that I think you know if the lion's going to kill the cub I, I can't stop it it's it. stop my yeah, yeah I've got to you know so you know, I kind of sit back and I think you know we've put you in this situation and now you're up to you what happens to you is sort of you know in a very safe way is you write your own story mm-hmm. and Denny uh, was very argumentative all the way through mm. and at one point I pulled her to one side and I said Look, I just, I'm just saying this to you out loud because I am a bit worried about you mm-hmm. I'm worried that when you leave here 
uh, you might not get as much work. You know, people might feel that you, you know, they're critical of you. I just want to say that to you. Have mm-hmm. a think about what you're doing. And I never say it to anyone, but I wow. really like Denny. She's lovely. She gave us great content because yes. she got it. Oh, yeah. But then uh, when we went to wear about, I don't know, two weeks in or a week in, she called me and she said, uh, I think that you're portraying me in a certain way. No, okay, that's fine. How do you think I'm portraying you? You know, as angry and argumentative. And uh, okay. Now, what I want you to do, Denny, is I want you to call Max Markson and Julia Morris and a few of the other people who are mm. on the show, Shane Crawford, have a chat with them and ask them, is this what I was like? Or is this unfair? Now, if anyone comes back with unfair, I will take it on board and I will speak to the network and I go, look, you know. And she came back and she said, uh, I spoke to all of them. And I went, great, okay. And and they said, yeah, they all said you actually, I was much worse and (laughs) that you were quite kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So... It's hard. Yes. The truth. Yeah. I guess. It's hard because you see yourself in a way that you don't think you are. And Max Mm. Markson called me and uh, he said, you know that promo that's on Nine at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, me with the horns. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I thought he was going to say, you know, you've got to take it off. And he said, the horns are very small. (laughs) Uh, Could you make the horns bigger? I'll ask. Yes. So people get into the spirit of it. Yeah. And I say, look, you know, on something like The Celebrity Apprentice, I really want you to have a good time. Because people do not want their children watching adults fighting. And life is hard enough mm. without watching a, you know, conflict on TV. And personal conflict is fine. And a bit of conflict is fine because you think that's real life. You know, at some point during the day, something will happen that makes you a bit unhappy. But really, you want people to be happy and funny. And you'll sit down as a family and you'll watch that. And if there's a bit of conflict in there, it's fine because that's real life. And if there's a bit of disappointment because... I think what's interesting when I started doing reality TV is it was the first time that children saw adults in a really candid, honest way because in a very honest, open, situational way because Mm. whenever parents are going to argue or, you know, they kind of go, oh, go to bed, kids. And Mm -hmm. suddenly children are watching adults. It was like a... Without it's a vulnerability. Being too kind of, you know, psych about it. I think it did change the way we view each other. Yep. And we've always judged each other, of course, but reality TV is a platform for that. And I think when people are really good, they win. And when people aren't very kind uh, and they're dishonest, they don't tend to win. Hmm. Well, I love that you've sort of shared that behind the curtain and, and, and it's not mean it's it's you are searching for the truth of the story you're a storyteller we're storytellers and the reality tv is just the way that it's shown in that quick put together the essence is kindness and and truth that makes that makes the good story i think you've got to you've got to know who you are in life and you've got to have your own personal moral code and you've got to stick to it otherwise you're in a very strange place Mm. All right. Well, not all reality TV producers are the monsters, the masterminds, the puppet masters out to get us. I like. We're lovely. It's been a great chat, Maz. Thanks for coming on podcast. It's a pleasure. It's really nice to meet you. I can't believe we haven't met before. I know. I hope one day we get to work together. Yeah, let's do it. Although now I know all your secrets that you are a nice person. I can't take advantage of you. Uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. In two weeks, we'll have our next special guest, so make sure you tune in to hear it all. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, and all the places you normally listen to your podcasts. See you soon.